Okay, say hello, Roy. Hello, Roy. Perfect. Welcome to Friars in the Front Podcast. I'm Donovan, and coming to me right across from the table is Roy. What a weekend of Padres baseball. Woof, dude. Woof. Holy cow. It, what a turnaround. And you know, as, as a Padre fan, we catastrophize everything. And certainly they were not playing well, and they were playing very poorly, and everything was just not going our way, but that... Bud Black says it, that's baseball. I'd like to think that the energy that was present in Petco Park starting on Thursday helped. Yeah. I, know, I, I was there on Thursday, okay. and the place was just, it was lit. It was a party down there. Oh, my God. It was so, <laughs> so fun just to be able to be there and to cheer for people. And we sit by the bullpen. The the me- the plastic was down, yeah. so it was, it was back like normal times. No masks. Yeah, I mean, there were like, there's still maybe like 10% people wearing masks yeah, around fine, the park. I figure I've been vaccinated. Angela's been vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. We're not at risk to spread to anybody. We're not at risk to contract it. So we're safe. Right. Uh, I'm listening to a podcast on the plague. So yeah, we're not passing the plague around. Oh, geez. Um, I was at the game Saturday. Mm-hmm. And well, just going back to Friday's game, that's a caratini walk off, right? Yeah. Oh, the awesome. Oh, my. Just insane game. Insane. Uh-huh. Insane. <laughs> I, you know, the Saturday's game, we sat in the 200s. We, we sat in, my, uh, in Liddy's, uh, Liddy's co-worker's seats. And when I've never heard, I haven't heard my ears do that. When things are so loud. All right. It's like Dinosaur Jr. at the belly up. It was okay. just so incredibly loud where your ears can't process that loudness. Right. And it just goes. That kind of reminds me of being back at the Murph back in the late 90s. Oh, my when God. When Trevor time would happen. And the oh place would go berserk. <laughs> just berserk. So I, I wasn't there for the the Hasung Kim home run, but watching that whole scene and him like gesturing like, give me the chain and right. then dancing through the dugout. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody was so happy for that guy. We were screaming Hasung Kim. Uh, my voice. We didn't podcast yesterday simply because I had no voice. Okay. And I was at work going, hello, how can I help you? Because <laughs> that's the only voice I can do right now. Oh, man. How often does the whole stadium chant your name and then you come through? Right. Particularly with someone like Hassan Kim, who yeah. is, you know, has kind of struggled with the velocity. Mm-hmm. And uh, those struggles are starting to go away, though. They, they really are starting to go away. Yeah. And, and the glove is amazing. Yeah. And that that's that's even with minor leaguers. The glove's always there. The bat's the last to follow. Uh-huh. And that was just in, insane. Insane. And then, that was like his coming out party. Yeah. And then we went to the game last night and... Uh, just it was sold out on a Monday. So we normally mm-hmm. got Monday seats, and you know this. We got Monday seats, and we like our Monday nights because, you know, no one's there on Mondays. Sure. Not anymore. No, no, no. Not anymore. <laughs> no, we'll be there tonight and tomorrow, and we're looking forward to a packed house yeah. of uh, drowning out the cheers from the Dodgers fans and all of that stuff. So leading off, one of the cool things about uh, that Saturday's game is Daniel Camarena came up, local boy, Catholic, uh, Catholic, uh, Catholic Cathedral, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, he came up. He was on the Texas squad for like a day, <laughs> and then like they purchased his contract. He pitched on Saturday. Um, what a great first inning! Fantastic, one, two, three, really strong inning. Uh, he came in in the fourth inning, fifth inning came out, ran into a little trouble, got bases loaded, and then you know gave up like I think three runs. That's okay, you know right. you got to you got to break in somehow. Right. Uh, but the guy looked good, and James yeah. Norwood has looked good too. Yeah, he 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 came in after him and struggled, but I mean throwing ninety nine you. 
you just throw it over the plate. And you, yeah. But you just have to find it. And it's funny. Cause when he was struggling, I'm like, that's like Jordan Guerrero just throws the ball hard uh-huh. and look out where it goes. Yeah. Well, where do they find these guys that can just step in and throw triple digits? Well, I love well, it. Well, Daniel Camarena was a 20-round draft pick. He was a minor league free agent. And we, mm-hmm. He drafted by the Yankees back in, uh, God, I don't even know when. But he was a 20-round draft pick, and we picked him up as a minor league free agent. Same thing with Norwood. Yep. Um, so, but what got him up to the big league show or to the show was that he was pitcher of the week for the June 7th through the 13th. And that seems like forever ago, but yeah, we were going to report that last week, but, but he's been, he's been good every week. Yeah. He's, we've been mentioning yeah. him quite a bit. So glad to see him rewarded by getting to finally make his debut. When he was with the Yankees, he did get called up once. He did. He was called up. He didn't play in the game. And then they optioned him the next day or, yeah, optioned him down the next day. Uh, so, moonlight. like, yeah. how did to be that close that it's right there? You can yeah. taste it, but nope, you have to wait. I really want to know what, like, one day of pay on the major league roster is like. F- I like is that like a month worth of pay for right, AAA like, players? Like ten thousand dollars? I don't know. It's whatever it is. I'm sure it's a lot. That's funny. Well, and the reason why we're podcasting two weeks later from our last episode was I got stuck. Uh, two weeks ago, went to go visit family, my wife's family in New York. We caught the Mets game last Saturday. It was a tough game. We had pretty sweet, sweet, no pun intended. We were in a suite, and they were pretty sweet seats. I saw you had a guest in the suite, Mr. Tim Ryder from the yeah, Mets. Yeah, so we had the, we had him, we had Tim, and um, we met Tim, a couple. So Tim is a Mets fan. He used to write for Fan Sided for yeah. the Friars on Base, lives in New York. Now he has a podcast that's a Mets podcast, and he was gracious enough to have us on. Yeah, absolutely. And then after that, Donovan was like, well, I'm going to be in New York in a couple weeks, so uh, we're going to have a suite. Or do you want to go? And he was like, absolutely. Well, and then on the plane, we sat next to, or a Padre fan sat next to us because he had a Padre hat on, and we're like, hey, you know, you guys going to the game on Saturday? Yeah, we'll sneak you in. Nice. It was pretty cool. It so was you made cool. some friends on the trip. Made, made I like some it. some friends. And, uh, and then you made the best love. of your travel delays on the way back. Definitely. We um, we got stuck in Baltimore. So that all that Southwest stuff, that Tuesday, we got stuck in it. Oh, was that when their like, computer system crashed or something? Crashed in between our flights. We flew into Baltimore. We had like a six-hour labor. had lunch, dinner, whatever, whatever. Waiting for our, oh, supposed to be boarding now. Nope. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, our system has crashed. We will let you know when we can go. We mm. get on the plane at like 10 o'clock. Even with a four-hour difference, we were getting home at midnight. Now, in San Diego, you can't fly into San Diego unless you get permission past 11 o'clock. Okay. So we all got on the flight, and it was just, it was weird. Now, we'll get to this here. Give me a second here. <laughs> <laughs> me and my long stories. It didn't look normal. Like the, the cats kept coming in and out of the cabin and the, the stewardesses were coming in and out of the, or the flight attendants were coming in and out. It just wasn't right. And they finally go, ladies and gentlemen, I have flown 16 hours today. They are not letting me fly you to San Diego. We have failed you. So had to get off the plane. Did, is to, that what they said? Yeah. Had wow. to get off the plane. People were freaking out, pissed. You know, obviously people are going to be pissed. It's late. Right. But it's safety <clears> protocols. I mean, absolutely. It's like a long, tr- long haul truck driver. They're only allowed yeah. to be so many hours in the seat. Even if they're just <laughs> sitting in a tarmac, those hours count. So yada, yada, yada. We were nice to the lady. She gave us $400 in vouchers because we were okay. jerks like the rest of the people kind of were. And Amazing next- what some niceness gets you. Right. Ladies and gentlemen. Just be nice. As angry as you are and you call the cable company, it's not their fault. If you're nice to them, they will do their best. If you are mean, they will not do their best. Yep. Which just makes you angrier. Anyways, <laughs> so we had to spend the night in Baltimore, and I'm, I'm grateful to have the, upper, have the 
funds to be able to stay in a hotel for two nights. Okay. And we made a game of Bowie. So that's just a long story short. We made a double-A game of Bowie. Yeah, the Bowie Bay Sox. Yeah. How'd you like that ballpark? It's nice. It was, it was fun. I texted, I, I tweeted those guys. I'm like, hey, we're going to be here. Like, ah, oh, great. Um, didn't want to go. We want, It was either that or the Washington Nationals game. And Liddy was really tired. It was just, I mean, it was a nightmare to get off the plane or whatever. But I talked her into going to Bowie. It was Bowie and the Akron Rubber Ducks. So it was Cleveland's double-A team and who had Bo Naylor. Okay. Josh Naylor's brother. Yeah. Uh, not Josh Naylor's body. Much thinner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> much thinner. And he's a catcher. Uh, and then it was against the Bowie Bay Sox, the double-A of the Baltimore Orioles. Nice. Yeah. All right, we're well, getting back on the rails. Uh, so we mentioned Daniel Camarena, we mentioned James Norwood, and there's been one more big call up in recent days. Changes. Mason Thompson, welcome up to the big leagues. Hell yeah, dude! Flamethrower. And and I was thinking about this today. We've covered him since he was drafted. Oh yeah, he just really hasn't been healthy enough to really do much other than like okay, a couple of starts in Fort Wayne. Boom. And then shut him down. Shut him down. A couple yeah. starts in Lake Elsinore. Really? Shut him couple, down. Yeah. And yeah. then then COVID happens, and you start seeing the videos of him throwing bullpens on Instagram, and he gets added to the uh, to the COVID. Was he on the was he on the alternate site? No. No. I don't think he was. Comes into camp, is throwing ninety-eight. That'll get you on the show. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, 98, and he's throwing strikes. He yeah. was having a lot of command issues, but in the last few weeks, he seems to be tightening it up. So yeah. hopefully we'll get to see him soon. He was sitting on the bench last night, didn't get a chance to play. Hopefully he gets in there today. Uh, dude, I wanted I, – so bad, I wanted him to pitch last night. I'm like, come on, come on! One of the things I've loved about the games I've attended so far is the fans are really into it. They yeah. recognize when somebody gets their first hit, their first hit of the year, their first whatever. Yeah. So it, it, when that moment comes in that he comes in, makes his appearance, and then comes out of the inning, you know that they're going to give him a big ovation because right. they get right. it. Right. Um, even for last night for the Dodgers, the wreck guy that got called up, it was his first at-bat, and well, he did what... We wanted him to do, which was strike out, but yeah. Hey, it's your first at bat, you know. There's only twenty thousand people that have uh, that have played Major League Baseball. Yeah, just just over twenty thousand people. Yeah. But anyways, why do we have changes as the song coming in? We have a ton of moves. So Caleb Bowser, who pitches tonight for El Paso, was uh, was called up for all the moves that came up to the Major League team. It's kind of like a conveyor belt. You yep. move up from AAA up to the big league. Old dominoes. Dominoes. Everything falls up, falls upward. That is. Uh, he has 3.79 ERA, eight starts for the mission this year. Friend of the podcast, a little bit older. He's 27. Mm-hmm. We really hope, you know, we really want good things for him. But he's been doing great this year. Yeah. And now he gets the start yeah. tonight in El Paso. Yeah. He had a couple of his first few starts were pretty ugly. And I watched the few of them, but then he put it together and has done really well. And then Jose Quezada was also called out to El, called up to El Paso from San Antonio. Yeah. So another reliever. <clears throat> Absolutely, and Brandon Kumar called up from San Antonio to, from Fort Wayne. The right-handed pitcher has a two point or two two ear a two 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 record. Thank you, and a three point six ERA and twelve appearances with Classic Fort Wayne this season before being promoted. The twenty two year old was drafted by the Padres in two thousand nineteen. Jose Geraldo was sent to Lake Elsinore from Fort Wayne. Across fourteen appearances, Geraldo had a two point four two ERA with the Storm. Um, the native of Dominican Republic had 24 strikeouts against 17 hits, nine walks, and two hit batters. Low A West had a .200 average against him. And let me correct that. He is sent to Fort Wayne from Lake Elsinore. Yeah, yeah. And then Yorman Rodriguez uh, w- was 
went to Fort Wayne to Double A and hit a hit a bomb. I think in his first game. Nice. Yeah, the 23-year-old first baseman, DH, hit 243 with a 570 OPS in nine games as a tin cap. Now, he was, I believe he was signed as a minor league free agent in the offseason. Um, he was a catcher, I believe, in the Rangers organization. Okay. And they just recently converted him to being a first baseman. Because I guess the glo- the bat was there and the glove wasn't. So then where you go is first base, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> All right, so uh, Dwayne William Sutton was promoted <laughs> to AA San Antonio. Though limited by injury to only 17 games so far this season, William Sutton was slashing 265, 455, 490 for a 944 OPS. For players in high A Central with at least 60 plate appearances, he ranked first in OBP and sixth in OPS. I would imagine that part of that on-base percentage is getting hit by his pitch. ability to get hit by pitches. <laughs> Uh, with a walk in 21% of his plate appearances, his walk rate was second. And I mean, that helps. 21% yeah. walk rate. Yeah. William Sutton's success came after he led the low A Midwest League in OBP in 2019 at 411 and ranked eighth in OPS at 778 as he was hit by a league record 32 pitches. That's, he's got to wear a lot of armor. Right. That's a tough, tough <laughs> man right there. Okay, kid. We want you to go take a pitch. Yeah. No All right, I can take a ball. I can take a ball. No, we want you to take a pitch. <laughs> So last of the changes, um, you know, infielder, outfielder Taylor Colway has been transferred from San Antonio to El Paso. Between the two Texas affiliates, the 206-year-old is hitting 263, 357, and 358 with a homer and 21 RBIs. He had a really good season in 2019. Like, he was on his way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 2020 showed up and just took a big turd on him. Yeah, and there were some guys that you look at the organization in the year prior, and you're like, why aren't they getting an opportunity right. to come to camp? And right. you know, they were picking and choosing with who gets an opportunity. Um, but I guess this shows that some of these guys were putting in a lot of work while they weren't allowed to play competitive baseball. Yeah. All right, so local boy doing good. Daniel Camarena was the winning pitcher for El Paso on June 8th at Round Rock, allowing only one hit and six shutout innings. His 3.18 ERA is currently second best among AAA West qualified pitchers. So performances like that are what earned him the call-up. And yeah. it's interesting that he's been a starter for most of his minor league career yeah. and now he's coming out of the bullpen so maybe he's got some flexibility kind of swingman thing. it would be good he's not going to overpower you with like 98 96 he's going to hit 93 but it's the off speed stuff it's a changing of eye levels it's the it's the keeping the hitters off balance that's really going to get him mm-hmm. so that's it for all the changes that's a lot of changes for for not really mid-season promotions that's just right. kind of moving people that needed to come up yeah we're used to seeing those dominoes fall like after the all-star, all-star games yeah. and then you see guys moving up yeah all right, so moving on. Jim Callis of MILB Pipeline wrote a piece describing an affiliate for each organization that is stacked. And that is El Paso's, that's AAA El Paso. There were a lot of high hopes hung on Mackenzie Gore, Luis Camposano, and Tucapita Marcano, three of San Diego's top five prospects entering 2021. And none of the three would likely tell you things you haven't precisely, uh, have gone precisely to plan early on. That said, their continued development and proximity to the managers demand close following as the Padres build a World Series contender. Gore, in particular, has struggled with command in his first taste of AAA, but the stuff of a strong major league starter remains in place. San Diego might rely on some current chihuahuas to get over the hump, at least in NL West. So, Tuca Peter Marcano has been tearing it up. Mm-hmm. Luis Camposano has been tearing it up. Yes, he has. You know, and it's one of those things where well, Luis, he's hidden every level he's gone to and you know he didn't you know, both those guys didn't start out it, it's new when you go from double a to triple a it's, an, it's a pretty big step oh yeah in, in each level so you would think those early struggles are gonna are gonna go away and they mm-hmm. certainly did with Luis hitting doubles and hitting hit for average and for power right 
Right. So making the jump from single A all the way up to major leagues is a monstrous yeah. leap. Yeah. So asking him to do what he did earlier this season is is pretty ambitious. Absolutely. So it's, I think I think he did a pretty good job, and I was glad that they called up Webster Rivas when they did. Yeah. Uh, I guess what's going to make the difference as to when we see Camposano again is what his defense is looking like. Yeah. Absolutely. And and if Nola's going to stay on the DL after a while, maybe it is time to give. Come on, a shot. If Webby's not going to continue, Webby's got a great glove, mm-hmm. great story, but we need to see if Luis Camposano can really ha- tackle that major league pitching for and, sure. And in a year where we might be able to put him on the postseason roster, granted we go to the postseason, that's definitely to get his feet wet in this season again. Well, and Caratini, he's been out there just about every single day. I love that guy. So I, I love him. He's been an amazing addition. What a pickup! But at some point, the guy's got to get some rest. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Hannah Kaiser of Yahoo Sports and the bag Bandwagon Vlog on Yahoo Sports' YouTube channel. A sticky dilemma. MLB crackdown could put minor league pitchers in a bind. In one AA clubhouse this week, a group of pitchers was talking about the video of Garrett Cole stumbling over a conspicuous non-denial of using a sticky substance called spider tack to impart an unnatural level of spin on his pitches. They were a little caught off guard that reporters knew the specific name of the sport's new favorite way of doctoring baseballs, but they certainly weren't surprised by Cole's reaction. Yeah, and if they were anxious about what it might mean for themselves, they didn't tell each other. We laughed it off a pitcher who was was there, told Yahoo Sports. I mean, I don't know, you people felt internally how you people felt internally. Unlike what he established, estimates to be 85% of pitchers in pro ball, he doesn't use illegally illegal sticky stuff. That's the picture that we just quoted. It's not a moral abstention. Abs- say it. Abstention. Abstention. Thank you very much. I don't know English. <laughs> For the picture, he just doesn't like the feeling. He wouldn't use it if it was legal, but he also doesn't judge the guys who do. Not one bit, he said. We are all trying to get paid, so whatever's going to make you more successful, go ahead and do it. I mean, the saying goes, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And even the pitcher who doesn't use it himself had some advice for Cole. Quote, he should apparently keep doing what he was doing and not change it because he's a lot more successful with it. If he was not using that one day, if you... Um, Context, right? Right. If he was not using it that one day, he said. Uh, in the minor leagues, guys are in comparative pennies and an edge in the form of a couple of hundred extra RPMs, which could be what it takes to get noticed by their front offices. Yeah, it makes good. a big difference. Uh, everyone around them knows it, too, which is why they face a particularly difficult choice uh, amid a coming crackdown as encouragement and incentive to use sticky substances often flows from the organizations they play for. Quote, I never used any sticky stuff in college, didn't even use it my whole first year in pro ball, a pitcher in a different organization told Yahoo Sports. I went to Instructional League that fall and was basically introduced to it. They said, we're not going to tell you to use this, but your metrics are going to improve. You'll have a better breaking ball. You'll have a better fastball. Everything's going to improve if you use it. The steroids of pitching. Yeah. Spider tack. Yeah. And rosin and sunscreen. So at the game last night, well, earlier today, earlier yesterday, sorry, was the first time that a pitcher, and it was Jacob deGrom, ironically enough, who I doubt uses any kind of foreign substance, but he was the first pitcher to be, to be, Shown to be, to be, I don't know, we tested inspected or inspected is right, is the word. Yeah, and then went to the game last night and warm up, warm up, warm up, warm up through his first pitch or through we got through the inning, walk off the mound, and the third base umpire and the home plate umpire both converge on him, just pick up the glove, show his hat, and that's it. Real quick, real fast, but it was interesting to see last night where. It didn't happen every game. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen every inning. Okay. Um, he could have came back in, tacked up. Any pitcher could come back in, tack up, 
and then go back out there. Mm-hmm. When the pitcher comes in from the bullpen, warm up, warm up, warm up. I can't remember if they tested before, but at the end of the inning, once again, they, they converge. They look at his glove, look at his hat, look at his belt. And some of the bullpen guys were like, you know, when you like arms up in the air like they're getting arrested and like, well, right. And then just hand their glove and their hat and that's it. Well, it's I, I, I guess it's going to be kind of a new normal. It's the umpire's discretion as to who to inspect. Uh, I thought it was interesting that with with Darvish, they checked his hat and his glove. With Hill, they had him flip over his belt buckle. Yeah. I would guess between pitches, maybe he has a habit of touching his belt. Like right. I've noticed Paddock, he fix, fixes his belt just about every time he throws. So it's a cowboy thing, right? Maybe. So, but if there's a place to hide some stuff, right, that's right, where he right. might have it, and it looks natural, right? And then you get Gaylord Perry up there, and he's touching everything—his ears and his oh, eyebrows, right. the back of his head, and this and that. Just so yeah. he, they wouldn't know where he was keeping it. Uh, but it's—I'm glad that they're cracking down on it. At the same time, to go off the rails a little bit, MLB needs to do something about the ball. The MLB has acquired Rawlings; they own Rawlings. Right. The ball is hard and slick. And then they rub it up with the mud from the Delaware River, the Lena Blackburn mud. And there was, um, who was it, Peter, Peter Moylan? No, he was, a form, he was an Australian pitcher. I think it was Peter Moylan on the Braves broadcast had a really good breakdown of exactly what it meant and his personal experience with okay. it. That the ball, when it's rubbed up, maybe it's rubbed up a day or two before, by the time it comes to you, it's dusty. The mud has dried out. Right. So the mud is there to take the sheen off the ball, but... Once that mud dries out, then it's not tacky anymore. So, right. and if you ever got your hands dirty as a kid, after that mud dries, you you have no finger, you know, you have no fingerprints. Your hands are slick. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, the, on one hand, the guys just need to get a grip so they can control the ball, yeah. so they can just, you know, control it and not have it sail out of their hand and fly at guys' faces. But then I think where they're taking it too far is these other substances. But really, Major League Baseball needs to find a way to come up with a ball that has some natural tack to it, uh, maybe a different rubbing compound that that also gives it some grip. You right. Darvish had the guys in Japan send over a couple of the Mizuno balls that they use in the, the Japanese, the Nippon Professional Baseball really? League. And he was handing it around the clubhouse. Um, and their ball, you can see, like if you look at a Major League Baseball, you can hardly see the grain in the leather. Right. Um, it's just, it's shiny like a pearl. Uh, the ball that he had a picture of, you can see the grain in the leather. It's engineered to have a little bit of tack, a little bit of grip to it. On top of having raised seams and a little bit smaller diameter, the right, other right. differences. But just, baseball? Yeah, I don't know the difference, but it, just the, the difference in the, the surface texture of the yeah. ball makes a big difference. Well, particularly if you buy like a cheap, like, rec league baseball, it's different. Mm-hmm. The seams are raised, the, the, the leather is a little bit harder, a little, mm-hmm. a little more rougher. Yep. So they got to figure something out, but once that happens, will the chemist come out and change whatever they make official? Yeah, well, then they have to hide it somewhere, yeah. and they got to have it on their person. So if the umpires are checking and you got something sticky, great. Right. So, uh, well, in I, other words, real quick, is it going to be like steroids? Like, okay, this this punishment wasn't enough. Are they going to be moving on to like a, a 15-game suspension in two years from now when they've kind of figured out how to, to go around the, the rules? Who knows? You know, but hopefully this crackdown just gets that goop out of the game. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe they let guys do the sunscreen and rosin trick. Right. I know that's that's like going seventy in a sixty-five, and then the spider tax like going a hundred. You only go seventy in a sixty-five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so get back to our story. This was a few years ago. One day, while he was throwing a bullpen, a pitching coordinator, a pitching coordinator encouraged him to try a pelican grip, and even demonstrated the best places on the glove to hide it: the thumb lace, the pinky lace, and inside of the thumb. The double A pitcher who doesn't use anything said it's been suggested to him too. 
ever since the introduction of StatCast in 2015 allowed for the quantification and analysis of crucial elements of pitching. Spin rate is increasingly integral in how pitchers are evaluated, and they know it. Phil Maton comes mm-hmm. up to the league. Incredible spin rate. Yep. Who knew it was spider tech? <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying that. But Allegedly. A, right. <laughs> Even if you had a good ERA and the traditional pitching numbers, low walks and stuff like that, you might get passed up by a guy who has a worse ERA and a fastball spin rate that's like 2,800. Said a pitcher in a third organization who has spent time between the majors and the minors in 2021. 100%. Guys are more aware of their measurables than ever before, he said. The second pitcher, after his coach, coach's suggestion, gave it a try. He was immediately impressed. To spin a breaking ball like that hard is impossible without it. You just can't do it. As sticky stuff has started to turn into more of a scandal, their narrative has largely been there's little to, uh, little to no policing mutually assured destruction keeps managers from calling out opposing pitches so umpires largely just look the other way. So that means, so up until now, it's been up to the manager to request that a player be checked for foreign substances. But they don't do it because if I ask to check your guy, you're going to ask to check my guy and everybody's going to be upset. And it's so, it's like, just don't ask. Yeah, my guy in the bullpen played with your guy on his team three years ago, whatever, they they know. Yep. And if you read the story about the, the Angels clubhouse guy, Everybody knows. Right. It's, everybody knows because Traxel started it. Sure. I mean, he was the, he was the visiting clubhouse attendant. Yeah. So he was providing substances for every team that came through that locker room. Yeah. And what, what's he supposed to do? You, I see people saying, oh, that guy's supposed to have better moral compass than that. But he's getting paid a laborer's wage, getting fat tips by these millionaires that he's supposed to support. Right. And so somebody comes up and hands you a $100 bill and says, hey, go find me some some whatever. You go find it. Because that, that 100 bucks <laughs> is probably more than you're making all day. Yeah, absolutely. And so it, it, was, a, it was a monetary issue, but also it was just like commonplace. It was just like, that's what he did. Yep. And yep. for him to be the scapegoat for that and the guys who actually use the stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Beep. Okay. So the other team's bad boy noticed a mark on a pitch he threw in warmups. The opposing dugout shouted for the ump to check his glove where of course there was sticky stuff. After he was caught, the pitcher cut out sticky stuff completely. Quote, my spin went down 150 points with the snap of a finger as soon as I stopped using it. And I haven't used it since. His organization encouraged him to be more careful, even supported him in stopping to ensure he doesn't get caught again. But then they sort of wavered on that, he said. The messaging is not clear one way or the other. In February 2020, the league office distributed a memo to teams essentially reiterating long-existing rules against doctoring the baseball. Enforcement would still be at the discretion of umpires, but the message also included a reminder that club personnel are prohibited from facilitating the use of foreign substances by players on the field. So, again, you're throwing the clubhouse guys under the bus because of what the players are doing. Because you can't throw a fastball. Right. Right. And and here's another thing. So when is the cork bats going to come back? With all this high velocity, you know the next thing to to be changed is the bat. Right. It's a never-ending cycle. So what, somebody's going to (laughs) explode a bat and it's going to have cork in the middle of it like Sammy Sosa? No, I only use that for batting practice. Well, and most of the time the bats break at the handle, so you don't see the barrel of the bat. True, true. All right, so a few weeks later, the Angels fired their longtime visiting clubhouse manager for selling a custom sticky substance to visiting pitchers. At least some organizations changed their tune slightly after the March memo this year. Quote, the coaches, they were like, hey, we can't talk about this. We've been told from the top that it's going to be controlled and not too obvious, for lack of a better word, 
hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more. The AA pitcher who doesn't use sticky stuff said, but he highly doubts anyone stopped because of that warning and assumed it was simply a matter of coaches maintaining plausible deniability. There are definitely coaches who have said, stop doing this. They're really checking. But if you do, I can't know about it. It can't be in the pen. Throw away sticky baseballs. It can't be out in the bag, said the sinker baller. And as long as it's giving teams a competitive advantage, players and coaches will protect their own. Quote, like we know who uses what and where they keep it, the sinker baller said. And if and so if an MLB security guy comes around, you just throw a guy's bag under a cupboard or under the bench. I think they really, really don't want guys to get suspended, he said of the coaches, whom none of the players I spoke to blamed or viewed as hypocritical. Yeah. And the best way to stop that is for guys to stop doing it. But they also realize they want to succeed and they want their guys to have success. So it's like you're going to do what you need to do to get outs. And it, it, that's these guys, the difference between being a triple A pitcher and a major league pitcher, as we were saying before yeah. about one day's pay in the majors. Yeah. It's huge. Absolutely. And just to get that extra look. Right. So like maybe if you do kind of struggle, you get it. Okay. You know what? He's got the, you know, you got the spin rate. He'll be fine. Instead of some guys that aren't, you know, a little later in the draft picks, they don't get that second chance. They, okay. They get released. Yep. Brad, you know, I must have Brad. Brad Zunica. Brad Zunica, thank you. Oh, poor Brad <laughs> Zunica. I'm still waiting to see where he catches on. Oh, Rob Manfred said the double-A pitcher. He's a terrible commissioner. MLB, I think, is clear is the clear root of the problem because players just don't have a choice, said the pitcher who was caught. If it's your career and you're making 1500 bucks a month in the minor leagues and you want to make it to the big leagues, you're going to do everything in your power to make the big leagues. Guys are going to just... Guys are going to just try to do whatever they can to get ahead because the financial incentives are so, so big and so important. You know, 100%. Uh, even even uh, with everything at stake, it'll be hard to give up the edge entirely. Instead, a new arms race is coming out, one of concealment. 100%. It's just going to be finding ways to hide it, the sinker baller said. The pitcher who doesn't use anything. It's going to be something, it's going to be going from something dark to something clear. It's going to be going from something on your hat to, to on your belt. Uh, because the benefits from increased spin aren't going away and neither are the physical limits. So I guess that makes sense. You find a way to hide it a little bit better. They will. They will. They will, but you make it harder to hide. It's like your car security. If somebody really wants to steal your car, they will, but you just make it harder for them to do it. <laughs> okay, so, quote, if your spin rate goes up 200 points out of nowhere, it doesn't happen out of nowhere. Either you completely change yourself mechanically, or if you didn't do that, you are using something, the pitcher who got caught said. And if you're an anonymous minor leaguer, desperate to do whatever it takes to get a crack at the life-changing money of just being added to the 40-man roster, your organization might not question exactly what kind of overhaul is giving your spin rate a boost. Quote, oh, you would absolutely get positive feedback, he said. They would be like, you are a better pitcher now. Well done, end quote. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, get up there, kid. Hey, you know, <laughs> as, as long as you're getting guys out and you're, you know, producing. And, and that's the thing. Like, so now this is happening. What's going to be the next move? What, where, what's going to happen? Where Are they going to start putting him in the inside of their shirt? Maybe like, mm, you know, just kind of straighten my shirt out. Yeah, I, 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 again, I think it comes back to the ball. Major League Baseball needs to do something to address the ball so that guys don't have this incentive to doctor up as as heavily as they are, and then they can lock down on these on these crazy substances. Um, so yeah, if people are going to get more creative about where they hide it and what they use, you know, that's that's always the cat and mouse game that has been going on as long as the game's been played. Right. right. Um, <clears throat> I, I agree with locking down a little bit. Yeah. They just got to fix the ball. Absolutely. Uh, so let's get to the affiliate rundown. Oh, man. Okay. 
All right, starting off with the Lake Elsinore Storm. Strike one. Last Wednesday, Brandon Venezuela, Valenzuela made the MLB Pipeline top prospect performers. Valenzuela fell a homer shy of the cycle while establishing career highs with four hits and four RBIs to power Lake Elsinore. The 20-year-old had a two-run single in the fifth inning and had a chance at a home run in the eighth before settling for another two-run knock. Valenzuela has three multi-hit efforts in his last five games to improve his slash line to 275, 365, 400, and 120 at-bats. Big fan of his. Oh, yeah. Big fan. Strike two, Saturday, last Saturday, uh, Robert Hassel hit a three-run home run to right center, and then Josh Mears followed a batter later with a solo shot to dead center. At 19, Hassel is slashing 345, 377, 586 in June. He's still in 14 bases and is second in the low-A West League in doubles and third in steals. So the only thing he's really not doing is hitting a ton of homers. Right. But he's 19 years old. Dude, 19, and he's rail thin. Yeah. He's rail thin. So the power's going to come. Yeah. yeah. How much power? Who knows? But as long as he keeps getting on base and hitting doubles like this, he's going to move. Yeah. And as he grows, he'll get strength. He'll get muscle. That bat speed's there. It'll it'll come. So what do you think? He makes the uh, the all-star team mid-season and then yeah. goes up to Fort Wayne? Yeah. I think that sounds about right. Yeah. And with things kind of moving, uh, actually with things kind of clearing up uh, with protocols, we need to get to interviewing some guys. We do. We do. Venezuela and Hassel are on our list. Yeah. All right. So strike three, Levi Thomas picked up his first professional win. Thomas was drafted in the fourth round of last year's draft. And with no season in 2020, this is his first action he's seen in the Padres organization. The righty from Troy University is averaging over 10 strikeouts per nine innings this year, but has a 5.23 ERA due mainly to big innings. Most of his starts this year have been hampered by one big inning. And that's a hard thing for guys to to manage. We've seen that at the big league level where... Uh, uh, an error happens or something goofy, you know, one big hit. And the next thing you know, the guy's on tilt and it blows up on him. Right. And he, he's got a good breaking ball. He has good breaking ball, good stuff. It's just, you know, he's young. He's brand new. He's have you, just, have you seen him pitch up yeah, there? Yeah, I saw him pitch there, and I watched it on MILB. He's a high-energy kind of guy, yeah. huh? Yeah. I saw the, the, the clips out of college, mm-hmm. and him just fired up, screaming, coming off the mound. And I, I love that, when a guy's got just foaming at the mouth. And, and that's going to come once he starts getting familiar and comfortable in the league. For sure. So moving on to Fort Wayne, strike one Monday, Ethan Elliott, who continued his dominant run with six innings of one run ball, needed just 81 pitches. He was limited. He limited. uh, Hello. He has limited opposing hitters to a 182 average and 41 and two thirds of innings on the season. Somebody else to watch for moving, moving vertically. He's going to be up in double A in no time. And another guy who doesn't throw hard, but gets guys out by mixing pitches, keeping them off balance. And then having the fastball kind of be the opposite. Like, whoa. Yeah, 89 looks like 95 because he's throwing all these off-speeds. Kind stuff. of pitching backwards. Yeah. Strike two, Johnny Homza's if, uh, offensive breakout has been almost as staggering as Jack Sawinski's to see unfold. Uh, Homza had a multi-homer game Tuesday and went 7 for 18 in five games. Through 133 plate appearances, Homza is hitting a blistering 269, 406, 537, good for a 156 weighted runs created plus, which ranks third in the league. The 22-year-old is still striking out a bit too much, but his power behind the plate is intriguing. Well, and he's just, this is his first year in an affiliated ball. I don't think he made Tri-Cities two years ago. I, I think he was in Tri-City a little bit. But, I mean, just a taste of it, and he didn't yeah. do a whole lot. Yeah. So we'll be on to strike three. Saturday afternoon, Anderson Espinoza had another so-so day in the opener and now sports a 7.88 ERA in 16 innings on the year. Right now, the main goal, really, really the main goal is just to keep him healthy. Get him innings, get him some trigger time on the mound, with everything else. And we're going to talk about another guy who is just coming up to Tommy John. Just as long as he's on the mound getting his innings in, 
I really don't care about the outcomes. No, is it stay great healthy. To see him, yeah. you know, is it great to see him blow guys out and you know nine pitches or whatever? Yeah, but still, just take it easy. Yep. Uh, one moment here. Johnny Holmesa was in Tri City in 2019. He played 53 games. Okay. All he right. only hit 216, 313, 303. Right. That was so not yeah. impressive. And Tri City is a is a, is a hitter's park, so a lot of guys go up there and they wind up putting up some good numbers. But if you remember, he's drafted out of Alaska. Yes. As a shortstop, and then they converted him to catcher. To catcher, right? Yeah. So talk about adjustments. That and he's not, you know, not seen the high caliber level of play than you would see, say, in in California or another state in, in the lower forty-eight. Right. But he sure made some adjustments. He's uh, clicking yeah. now. A big fan. I love watching that guy play. And do they still say the lower forty-eight? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Tercelon Ellis. Uh, hit two more doubles to give him 17 on the season, which leads high A central. He has a slash line of 246, 324, and 385 with 30 hits on the season and no triples or home runs. Now, he started off real rough. Right. So that two, 246, 324, 385 represents like a whole month of struggles and yeah. then a month of finally figuring it out. Right. And the power will come. The oh, power will come. The guy's in the Adonis. Yeah. The muscles there. He's 21 years old in high A. That's still under age appropriate. Mm-hmm. So no worries with him. Just glad to see him. He's back to hitting. Yeah. The tin caps were held to two two hits in the nightcap, ruining an excellent pitching performance by Moises Lugo, who struck out a career-high 10 batters. The 22-year-old righty recorded the first nine outs of the game by strikeout, including <laughs> eight swinging. Originally from the Dominican Republic, Lugo didn't sign until he was 18 and spent his first two seasons stateside in the AZL before getting three outings at Fort Wayne at the end of the 2019 season. Yeah, he's another guy to keep an eye out for. Mm-hmm. So moving on to San Antonio, strike one. Sunday, Reggie Lawson had a rough go in his third outing of the year, finally uh, failing to make it out of the first inning. The big righty coming back from Tommy John surgery last April opened the game with walking the first two natural hitters and then giving up a homer to Royals prospect Nick Prado. Pretty darn good hitter. Yeah, really good hitter. After allowing a double, he struck out two in a row before giving way. Lawson threw 16 of his 31 pitches for strikes and got only three swinging strikes. He's likely to get a chance to push his pitch count up in July. Hey, as long as he's right. healthy and right. it can come back and you know pick the ball up again in yeah. five days, then I, I've got no complaints. You got You got to have some patience with guys rehabbing like this. Absolutely. Adrian Martinez struck out the season high seven batters in five innings in a scheduled piggyback appearance uh, after Lawson. The twenty four year old righty was from Mexicality. Mexicality. Mm-hmm. What, is, <laughs> that's a, what does Mexicality mean? That's a, that's a mental state. <laughs> that is a mental state. Mexicality. Anyways, um, the Mexican, the native from Mexicali has a 3.06 ERA with a stellar 20 to three strikeout to walk ratio in 17.2 innings of work. So think about it. you're you're coming in. You know you're going to piggyback. You're expecting the starter to go like three innings. Right. And then he doesn't even make it out of the first. And like, okay, I was going to do three innings of work, but now they need me to go like five or six. I, I guess. Yeah, and so Adrian Martinez isn't necessarily a prospect prospect. Right. I mean, he's not necessarily an organizational filler guy either, but that's where you see those people kind of in between that, okay, everybody else is, is, is hurt or whatever. And this guy pitched yesterday. So you're going back to back days. Yeah. Like it or not. I think he's 24. I think he's, I think he's just about age appropriate for high age, too. He's 24, maybe. Yeah. I think 26. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about that here in a minute. It's like, these guys these guys are going to pop up. I know this is one start, but he's pitched pretty good. Oh, yeah. Uh, for this season. 
they all don't have to be top 30 prospects. They all don't have to be Mackenzie Gore. They all don't have to be C.J. Abrams, these big-name players. Guys are going to pop up. Ethan Elliott is mm-hmm. a perfect example of that. Jack Zawinski. Was ninth round, I looked 11th round, 11th round guy. Yeah. Yeah, he, nobody ever really paid much attention to Jake Cronenworth. Right. And now he's turned into a pretty darn good player. God, he, when he crossed that pitch last night, I literally dropped my camera. It was just, oh my God. I hope he didn't drop it on the ground because that's a nice camera. It's a very nice camera. <laughs> so anyways, speaking of Jack. Strike two, Jack Sawinski has 11 home runs. He had a multi-homer game last week. Saturday, he broke out of an 0-10 mini slump with three hits, including two doubles. This year, he is the embodiment of an axiom that all players develop on their own timeline. That sounds like a David J. line. Nope, right it's, a, it's a John Connor. That's John Connor. Okay. <laughs> Sawinski was coming off 2019 in Lake Elsinore when he hit 208, 303, 450, and 471, 471 plate appearances. This year, the 22-year-old is at 290, 390, 677, and is tops in the AA Central in OPS. He leads San Antonio in nearly every offensive category, including total bases with 84, 22 extra base hits, and walks with 20. Holy smokes. Yeah. Jackson Winsky just cannot be stopped. Dude, he can't. And, and you know, I, I want to start seeing him on some of these prospect lists. One of the hot sheets, you know, from Baseball America. And watch him move up. Here's the thing is we had him on our podcast. Like, he was one of the first guys to answer one of my DMs on, on Instagram. Uh-huh. Sorry, Padres. That's how I got them to come on the podcast. <laughs> just, I'm bored. Said, hey, you want to come on our podcast? We do this. Yeah. And he was fantastic. And his, yeah. and his mom, Ann, follows us on Twitter. And, um... You know, just you for what a breakout season. What a great story. And this is why, you know, you want the draft to go that deep. Right, right. Yeah, because with a 10-round draft, these guys don't even get a look. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so strike three. Friday, C.J. Abrams had a career night. What A, a career night for C.J. Abrams seems like he does this once a week. Okay, he hit two doubles, two singles. He stole a base, scored two runs. He's slashing 333, 385, 404 this month. In his second double-A game, Dwayne Williams Sutton had four hits and scored a pair of runs. Between Fort Wayne and San Antonio, Williams Sutton has a 975 OPS. Left-handed pitcher Aaron Leisher continued his excellent run, throwing five solid innings to notch his fourth victory of the year. Leisher allowed just two hits and one earned run, walking one and punching out five. The 25-year-old has won each of his last three starts, tossing 16 innings while allowing just one earned run in the stretch. Yeah. In those 16 innings, Leisher has allowed just nine hits and three walks. No walks. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Just pound the zone. Yeah. Get yeah. ahead. Yeah. Another one of those guys that's doing well, and every organization has these guys that you know get drafted somewhere and they do well. Um, and he's having a, you know, these guys are perking up. Yeah, yeah. It's it, I think it's kind of interesting that we're a month or two into the season and we're finally seeing some of these guys start to yeah. to turn a corner. Right. Absolutely. Um, I'd be curious to hear what's looking like on like defense and plate discipline because we were seeing about a month ago people were complaining that everything was so crappy because everybody <laughs> was so rusty. Yeah. So now, by this point, hopefully most of that rust is off and these guys are clicking. Yeah, certainly, you know, beginning of the season, those numbers are starting to kind of mean something. Like the mm-hmm. first, what, month of the first little bit of time we're, we're in the season and it's, okay, yeah, he had 10 strikeouts, but you know, four walks. Yeah. Moving on to El Paso. That meant nothing. I don't know what the hell that even meant. <laughs> <laughs> now, I watched this start. So I watched this start. So strike one, Friday, Mackenzie Gore had his worst professional outing he surrendered three homers and allowed six runs although only two were earned and he left after recording just one out in the second inning the homers gore allowed were the first three he has allowed all year the 20 innings in el paso gore 
has 24 hits and has walked 12 while striking out only 18. He continues to have spidey command on his fastball, which doesn't allow the off-speed stuff to play. His performance is definitely concerning, but he is still just 22 and has thrown 41 and two-thirds of an inning above the high level. So what did you see in that start? Did he had no velocity. Okay. He had no velocity. So he's coming back from the from the blister. Right. Obviously, the last outing he had was just two quick innings. Really good show, but that's just two quick innings. Uh-huh. He didn't hit above 91. Really? It was 89, 90, 91. Whoop, there's one. Hmm. That's, con- that's a little concerning. In AAA, that's not going to get you far. Yeah. But, if I mean, you're not throwing anything else for strikes. He, he missed a start because of the blister issue, but a blister isn't going to affect your velocity. It's going to affect command and movement. Yeah. So may, I, a couple years ago, we saw a similar thing with Ryan Weathers. Yep. He was a month into the season that all of a sudden the velocity just kind of yep. disappeared. He didn't miss any time, really. Nope. He just kept on chugging and he did all right, but it, 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 there was never an actual injury there. It was just, what do they call it? Dead arm. Dead arm. Maybe Mac has something of that going on. Yeah. I I'm shouldn't not, speculate. I, yeah. And I'm not certainly not going to sell this guy off. I'm not going to trade him. Oh, gosh. There's no. still tons of development to happen. There's still tons of time for him to get to write the shit. He's 22. Yeah. Come on. Okay, strike two. Ryan Weathers. I think I think this is funny. Ryan Weathers made his AAA debut on Saturday. I had to put it in, dude. I his to... AAA debut, he still has yet to make his AA debut, but he has 14 regular season appearances in Major League Baseball. Okay, so Ryan Weathers made his AAA debut, and despite breaking camp with a big league club, was still the youngest player on the roster at 21, on the AAA roster. Right. After Friday night's disappointing start by top prospect Mackenzie Gore, Weathers, who was sent down to El Paso to maintain his starter's routine, came through. He threw 77 pitches, 52 for strikes, and strikeout, uh, StatCast had his fastball sitting around 94 miles an hour for most of the night. He worked quickly and had commanded his fastball change and slider. It's hard to imagine he's going to spend a significant amount of time in the minors. So I got to figure that it's just that they wanted to keep him on his routine. Yeah. They had their starting five figured out. Yep. And it's like, we got five, we got six. So somebody needs to go. Right. And if you need him to to skip a start, it's not glaring. In the major leagues, everything is under the spotlight. So right. keep him down to the minors. Mm-hmm. Have him, I don't even want to say get some humility. Just like, all right, I can dominate in the major league. Let me dominate in AAA. Yeah. Remember what it's like to ride a bus. You know, right. <laughs> Build character, whatever that is. And I cannot believe he's being mentioned in any kind of trade negotiations. No, get out of here. No, this guy's a bulldog. He's a middle-of-the-rotation starter with the kind of stuff that he can show up and dominate on any given day. I I love the guy. I want to see him in a Padres uniform as long as we can keep him. Absolutely. So strike three Saturday, Tukapita Marcana went three for four with two home runs, a double, and five RBIs. Where's that power coming from? He's That's still, me, baby. He's still a wiry little he's guy. He's very wiry. He's very wiry. But in, I'm not going to say the power is coming, but to see him hit consistently hard, you know, hit the ball hard, absolutely love to see it. Marcano entered the series with three career home runs, three career home runs, <laughs> and he's hit three more homers in his first three games of the series. Marcano, 21, is nearly six years younger than the AAA average. That's not. That's just the average. Mm-hmm. And the season is his first above high ball level. He had two hit. Uh, he had two home runs in 2019 and one in 2018. He had three home runs so far in a 4.95 slugging percentage. Our career highs. The San Diego has San Diego has you know not been shy about developing and showcasing a defensive versatility as Marcano continues to rotate between shortstop, second base, and outfield corners. He'll get a chance. He'll get his he chance will. to come back up. And with that kind of <clears throat> versatility, you can plug him in just about anywhere. Absolutely. And I don't want to say trade, but we you need 
something's someone's gonna go. True. And I hope it's some low level guy. I you know, I hate to say low level guy, but I just you know, the guys that we've been following for a while, we've already had to leave. Mm-hmm. And now we're following to compete in triple A and Mason Thompson Mason making Thompson, his debut. Absolutely. I mean, but at the same time, all of these deals that Preller and them have been making, they all make sense. Yeah. And it seems like the Padres are winning more of these deals than they're losing them. So while it hurts to see some of these guys traded away, we're on the doorstep of contending for a major league, for a, a World Series right. title. Right. I mean, and the energy, the the scene at the ballpark is like nothing I've ever experienced. It's insane. So if that's the cost of, of doing business... You know, then so be it. I'll just continue to follow their careers from afar. Right, right, absolutely. And if they get a better chance in another organization to get to the bigger leagues, absolutely. So on that note, Joey Lucchese. Oh, I saw it last night. Oh, man. I saw his mom's, I think, Facebook page. And then okay. I'm like, what happened? What happened? Oh, God. Yeah. Torn UCL. Wow. Uh, which most of the time means Tommy John. Um, so I don't think he would have had the opportunity to start nearly as much as he has right. in the Padres organization. He probably would have been in AAA all year if right. he stayed. So I'm glad for him that he had a chance to to be in a major league rotation with the Mets. Yeah. He was off to a really good start this year. It just it hurts to see a good guy go down like that. Yeah. So yeah. thoughts with the Lucchese family. Absolutely. Hopefully he's back soon, sooner rather than later. Uh, but in the meantime, we get to watch our guys rehab, and hopefully we'll be seeing guys like Anderson Espinoza and Reggie Reggie Lawson yeah. at Mason Thompson. Yep. These guys are, are on the way back, and it's a lot of fun. Plenty of those guys that make the Major League roster. On top of coming in next year, we have Mike Clevenger. Yeah. Oh, it's stacked. It's, it's stacked. It's definitely stacked. So let's get you off to the ball club. Yeah, I, I got a train to catch. All right. You, you can find <laughs> not, me on Twitter at SD Donovan. I am at Zippy underscore TMS. Yeah.